Shut up, I love it. I got the Sasha Filer rookie card. Oh my God. looks like her first year podcasting. She landed 52 jokes, 38 facts, and was rookie of this. Shut up. I love it. I am Joe Cabello, the rookie of every year, and I am here with Sasha Filer. Keep going. I love it. I, I have to say, for somebody who is not prepared and late, you're killing it already. I don't like that you just aired my dirty laundry <laughs> to everybody. People Every- think I'm perfect. <laughs> all of your laundry, including the one you're wearing, is dirty. We all know and that. And they, they have uh, stains. They're not brown. They're uh, not white. <laughs> they might they? be red. They're maroon. But we'll uh, get into that. We'll get into that. This is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we happily and joyfully invite a special guest to talk about something they love and the rest of the world just doesn't get doesn't understand something that needs a little love under the sun and it finds it here on shut up i love it who is joining us today joe oh my god well if you've turned on jimmy kimmel live you might have seen him a million times we got a comedian and actor who's been on jimmy kimmel live sketches he's been on american scott talent sitcoms on pretty much every major network and on national commercials we got Corey jacob here wow yeah uh a couple lines on every uh every every major network for sitcoms that's more than what i have let's (laughs) let's hit us with some quotes uh some quotes some of those yeah, lines. maybe like a Ben a Ben Franklin quote or oh, oh yeah, his one of his quotes. Yeah, that's better, Sasha. That's a little. Oh joke yeah, there. some of my lines. Oh man, um, I can't remember my lines, but uh, Ava Longoria sat on my lap for her TV show telenovela. I was a, I was a human teddy bear. I was a Valentinogram, um, and then she sat on my lap. That was pretty cool. Hope you didn't wash that lap. No, I was I was pretty smitten with her. Uh, I've always kind of had a crush on her, so that was pretty cool. Um, Allison Janney on Mom uh, said that I do... Oh, I, I had sex with a pumpkin on the show. Sure. Um, <laughs> and they actually changed the name of the episode to Bonita Poppins and a pumpkin. So that was like reference to my character. So that was kind of cool that my character's uh, actions were the title of the episode. Yeah, think- and you got to bring some of your real life into the role, it sounds like. <laughs> yep, yep. All that pumpkin screwing paid off. Do you think it's your uh, face in your non-threatening demeanor that keeps you landing this fabulous, I mean, parts? You know, like your cute face, your just relaxed attitude. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I lost a little bit of weight, so I'm normally like, like a little chubbier, and I got curly hair. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of like... I'm kind of like the nice, the nice, uh, nice doofus, I guess. Yeah, yeah, huggable, huggable. Yeah, lovable loser and a lot huggable. Of that kind of yeah, stuff. all that. Anyway, that's that's a great background to get right into it. What are you here to talk about, Corey? I'm here to talk about sports cards. Another cute thing that somebody like you would do, right? The huggable, lovable <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, they'd give you a hug, and you'd be like, "Oh, I hope my sports card in my pockets didn't poke you." Oh, that. I don't know. That's a joke. Like recently, I, somebody discussed that joke with me. Like, was like, what do you think of that? I, I don't know. It's not that joke particularly, but how kids <laughs> yeah, they, learn that. They told you a joke. They're like, what okay. do you think about the joke no, Joe's like, going to make you know in two how days? Kids, how kids learn early on the joke about the something poking in the pocket, but they don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Like, are you, uh, yeah. is that a banana in your pocket yeah. or are you just, I wasn't even like joking about that, but yeah, that's a great joke. What do you think about that joke of like pretending that your boner might be poking someone, Corey? Oh yeah. Like, Oh, sorry. That's just a, that's just my baseball card, um, in a slab. It's called a slab. If they put it in like a hard plastic case, yeah. so you might be poking someone with your slabs. Oh or something, my you know? God. That's good. It's already gold. It's already gold. And just to give you a little background, I knew nothing about sports cards besides the fact that some people collect them. So today I went on WikiHow and read 12 steps of how to do that. 
And so uh, one of the things they're talking about is don't let anybody handle your sp- like sports cards. Espe- like and like especially if they're out of the case or even if they're in the soft case. So you only use the hard case, right? Yeah, so, so like that's right. I'm a kid, you want a kid to touch your slab. Yeah, slab Nine. is the way yeah. to go. I've already learned that. Yeah. The harder the case, the better for handling. It's like um, concrete learning, learning might already. be good. Before we get, I want to hear all about the slab and, um, you know, <laughs> even the Chris Rock slab that happened in March of uh, You're obsessed with of last thing. year. <laughs> I, yeah, I am. And I'm bombing today. Let's face it. None of my jokes are landing. <laughs> uh, hey, and, Joe, I didn't know your last name. I thought, it, I, you know, for 10 years, I thought it was Cabello. I didn't know it was Cabello. Well, so, it can go either way. It's, it's I totally fine. I can go back fine. to sleep, I guess. I learned my one thing. Yeah, should we end it here? It's time. <laughs> and we're back. And back to the ratings. Uh, no, uh, before we get too into the weeds of the slabs and these collectings, so uh, you're talking about tra- sports cards, like collecting them, reselling them, uh, just yep, the yep. joy. Is it all of it? Tell us what your life as a sports card collector looks like. Um, it's kind of all of it. Uh, so I own a vintage store now. I op- uh, It started, it's a pandemic-born business. Um, so the start of my sports card collecting was when, you know, I was about eight years old. And then when I was about 12 years, I was like kind of obsessed with it when I was younger. So when I was about 12 years old, I actually um, put on sports card shows uh, in a small town in Wisconsin. I rented a bowling alley basement with, with like all these booths and tables put an ad in the local newspaper and that was about it as far as preparation so i'd have all these I'd, i was like 12 years old i'd have these like you know 30 to 50 year old men like hey can i get a table at your sports card show and this is before i hit puberty so i'd be like oh yeah you can yeah this is Corey. <laughs> just to give us a timeline to when my- did you hit puberty uh probably like f- uh, 15 oh, it's a like- late late bloomer we're gonna call it 15, yeah, a little mm-hmm, late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, back to the sports cards. Just, just, just to give like a lay, lay of the land, yeah, to the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, everyone needs to know uh, when I hit puberty. That's important. <laughs> um, so yeah, once I once I hit puberty, I started getting really aggressive about the sports cards. And yeah, many things. <laughs> the slab. You got your yeah. slab, your first slab. At the they didn't have slabs back then when I was when I back in my day. But yeah, so about for about probably three years, I would uh, put on sports card shows a couple times a year. Um, and then my brother, so back when I was about 14, 15, my younger brother, we used to go to uh, like the local store, grocery store and wear wind pants. We'd open up our waist and just like throw packs in there, just like just stealing them. Oh, incriminating. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my brother... We, my parents left us home alone for the day. Mm. And, like the movie. Uh, my brother, what's like that? the movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. And like you set traps mm-hmm. and things. Well, he's kind of set his own trap. He went to the low. He's like, I'm just going to go to the store and like steal some cards and I'll come back. Um, and I had a bad feeling about it. And he came back like an hour later in a cop car. Um, and he told him like, hey, me and my brother steal all this stuff together. So he threw me under the bus. And Not necessary parents- at all. Not necessary at all. The cops took away like a ton of my sports cards. Um, my parents took away my cards. I ended up like having to paint the fence at this grocery store, which took like fifteen hours. So it was a big, it was a big thing. So I got out of sports cards until a couple years ago when I opened up my vintage store, and this guy pulled up with like a whole trunk of them, and I'm like, oh my god! And he's like, can you help me sell them? And I'm like, sure. Okay. And now I'm a, this sounds now I'm like to- a dream. Like 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 you're telling us a dream you had last night. It's a lot has <laughs> happened, you know, and you're just it's a, it's, firing away. It's a lot. It's a dream that had about uh, you know, 25 years in between. Uh, so I just picked it up again a couple years ago. So Yeah, but d- uh, Eva Longoria sat on your lap too. So that's dreamlike that dream. as well. So I think you you need to wake up, man. That was a dream. Uh, I got to be directed by Ch- Jay Chandrasekhar once. Amazing. Um, uh, and that was, you know, I used to watch um, Super Troopers all the time when I was younger, so that was like a dream. Um, so, Helen Hunt directed me once. That was kind of like I lo- a dream. I love all the trivia about your uh, acting career, <laughs> like just like a sidebar. Um, so yeah. do you, 
Do you think there was like a traumatic event basically associated with the sports cards for a while? And so you kind of buried it and then fuck it, pandemic, it came back to you? Because it sounds like a lot has happened when the cops and the brother, that's... that's yeah, you're like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, it's probably something I need to talk to my therapist about. I definitely buried it in my mind and stopped caring about it. Because my parents took away all my cards. I just started getting them back like last year. They're like, oh, we have some of them. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but, um, I will say that the sports cards kind of definitely are very nostalgic and they bring you back to the air, like the time when you first got that card, like an early Michael Jordan card or whatever. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. Okay, it says online that like before 1980s is like, if you find those cards, those are the ones that cost, like they can possibly cost a lot of money because there used to be a more limited edition, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, come 80s. It used to be a bunch of cards coming out, and then uh, also people started taking care of them better. So it's for a long, like 1980s and 90s, as far back that time is, somehow the cards still, sports cards don't really cost, you know, like they, they didn't increase in value that much. Um, all the cards that you got back from your parents, is, are there any like good ones, a couple of mills? No, nah, like nothing that. crazy. I mean, I got like a Michael Jordan gold card that I just sold for like two hundred dollars. Um, wow, you sold it? Yeah, yeah, I sold it. Did you feel sad selling it? No. Um, so I, I have a lot of cards that aren't very valuable. Like say, like twenty five cents to maybe two three dollars. I have like thousands of them, um, and then I have you know hundreds of cards that are worth say five to three hundred dollars or actually i have one card i have one card that's worth about two thousand dollars i decided to invest heavily in john morant Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard about this john morant pulled out a gun for the second time in a couple of months so he's going to be suspended and his cards are going to go down a lot that makes him go down yeah yeah pulling out like pulling out a gun uh makes your cards go down like getting in trouble with the police makes your makes your value go down getting in trouble with um, police makes you step away for 25 years from sports cards the one big passion you also, had in your yeah. life um that's true why do you why do you think that this is like a shut up i love it topic do people think it's childish what, what do people think about sports cards in, in america yeah i think that like if you're in a, like a fully grown adult, like people definitely think it's childish. Like um, my fiance thinks it's insane. Um, luckily, we like split our money now, so I have my own money. I can do whatever she wants. She has her own money. She can do whatever she wants. So I've been spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You know on that you said cards. both of those were she wants. So it sounds it's like a good bit. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, that didn't sound yeah, like I'll, it was a bit, but it's a good bit. I identify. Sure, I can. Uh, <laughs> We can all identify however we want. Uh, yeah. So, and and do you? Okay. So that's that's childish. Is there any other reason? Do you think people are not into it? Um, I don't know. I think people just think it's like a kids thing, and like you should grow out of it. Um, also, it is just like a little piece of cardboard. So mm-hmm. to to imagine that like a piece of cardboard, like a Mickey Mantle, just sold for like eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like two months ago. So just to imagine that a little tiny piece of cardboard can be worth so much money is is kind of silly, really. Is it silly to you still, or do you have a little bit of nostalgia when you look at each of those cards and you remember when you got it? Oh, I mean, it's definitely, like, I definitely, like, I'll look through my stuff and I'll just be like, wow, this is really stupid. I have, like, $5,000 of stuff, like, right here. Um, It's nostalgic for sure. And one of the things I like about it the most is just, like, learning the history of like that time or or that player like i collect you know willie mays jackie robinson you know like just learning about jackie robinson and what he what he went through as like the first black baseball player in the major league baseball like um you know so it's it's once you start collecting certain players i like to research their history um and so it kind of informs me of the time period as well so that's fun so it's not just all silly it's also uh educational educational joe what is uh what is your history with sports cards so I, I got hit with a lot of card collecting when i was younger and even later in life but it was a lot of like marvel cards like uh what was it flare or fleet i forget 
what company? Yeah, Flare. Flare. They did a bunch of great Marvel cards. Pokemon cards, of course, got into some Magic the Gathering, which are more... You still have your Pokemon cards when you were younger? I don't. I have new Pokemon cards that I had gotten later in life. Oh, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, for... yeah. I did sell... <laughs> I, I remember distinctly, I think it was in middle school or high school, uh, when I discovered eBay, that I sold all my Pokemon cards and all my Magic the Gathering cards for not a very good price. Had no idea what I was doing. I was just happy to get a little bit of uh, clink. But um, I never got hit with the sports card bug because I was never into sports whatsoever. So it just okay. it wouldn't make sense. I was like, give me a Wolverine card. I'll research Wolverine instead. So for me, it never hit me. I never really got it and except for knowing, like, okay, I understand collecting cards. So if you're into sports, you would collect the sports cards yeah that makes sense to me um what yeah. about you sasha no collecting never been a collector of any kind and that concludes my <laughs> participation in this episode i also collect uh i collect i i kind of branched off into collecting non-sports cards because i do have a vintage store so we sell anything like 20 years or older or more is considered vintage mm. um i started collecting like serial killer cards uh I'm from Wisconsin, you know, where Jeffrey Dahmer's from. I have mm. Jeffrey Dahmer's rookie rookie card. Um, I could, so I, I started branching out into, like, non-sport cards. Like, I have some old Batman cards, old Three Stooges cards, etc. Wax um, packs. Got any wax, wax packs? packs. Yeah, I got a I got a, bat, a, a 1979 basketball wax pack that's worth, like, 100 bucks. I got a couple packs with Michael Jordan showing that I'm going to save. Um, that are probably worth like $100, $200 just for a pack right now. Not to, uh, you know, impose any opinions, but you do also have interesting art behind you in your place. Yeah. I assume it's your place that you're at, but yeah, what yeah, do yeah. I know? And so, I well, to start off, there's like beautiful picture of a cat, like a painting of a cat. I don't know who paints yeah. these. I don't know anything about anything here, but the cat looks great. There's like a tiger situation going on in a different frame photo. Yeah, wow. For a person who doesn't know how to use computers, you're very good at handling that camera there, by the way. <laughs> uh, and uh, no, and, and so I guess my question is, like your wall is pretty covered with cool stuff, right? But like a lot. There's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot this of stuff. Is my, I'll, sh I'll show you my favorite piece of art. All right. Looks like Picasso. What do I know? That is a Picasso. Okay. Wow. Um, that's an original. I'm sure it's a print. It's, it's a, a print. print that's licensed by his family. Yeah, it's a series of a thousand. And his Amazing. girlfriend, his one of his girlfriends, just passed away at 101 years old. Uh, but so I guess my question is: Are you the kind of guy, besides being all other beautiful things that you are, and we talked about, are you the kind of guy who likes to have stuff around him, especially like a like a, maybe you know visual stuff visual art like you know like i don't have i don't own any like nearly as much art as you have on your walls so would you say that you have an eye for that kind of stuff in general yeah i th i think so and i mean like i said i own a vintage store so like part of like the main part of my job is like treasure hunting which is pretty cool um so any it's my job to buy stuff and then resell it. So I'm constantly like stopping on the side of the road when people are selling stuff, going to thrift stores, going to garage sales, doing estate sales, um, taking vacations to buy stuff. So yeah, it's my job to buy cool stuff. Um, so you're not gonna hold on to those cats and tigers? No, this is yeah, this is our personal stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, me and my me and my uh, fiance like you know started started collecting stuff which is kind of a disease collecting stuff um yeah i can see once that. You, mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of a disease so like we ha we have to make rules where it's like when you buy one thing you know you you one in one out so like if i buy something and bring it in the house i got to take something out of the house and sell it otherwise it just gets crazy yeah i uh i was in the retro game collecting uh, situation for a while and had to stop for that exact reason it was like, okay, my apartment at the time is getting full of stuff. I don't know what I'm even doing with any of this. 
Um, but it's so fun to do. And then I'll watch like, um, collector YouTube YouTubers. And I'm like, Oh, I miss this so much. Like, yeah, I want that game in box and stuff like that. In fact, I should bring some stuff over to your shop. I have some, uh, some interesting older collectibles. I might need to, to see you about. Yeah, we could definitely, we always need video game stuff and, um, it's, it's, you know, a big collector market we could sell that yeah i have a buddy who actually made a, a documentary about uh retro game i mean um it was really cool to just see the the sick we call it the sickness in the collecting industry of like someone has the sickness that means that they constantly have to go out buying stuff and collecting things different things um and it's gotten to the point where it's like yeah now i'm starting a comedy collection of like just weird comedy memorabilia um that's a new collection cool. i'm going I'm collecting vintage comedy T-shirts. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, art. Um, shoes. I have like ten pairs of Jordans now. So I'm just I just started collecting like different stuff, and I'll I'll wear them until I get sick of them, and then I'll sell them or, you know, whatever it is. Is that part of like the the vintage shop is kind of having collections versus having just one of item? Is there a benefit to that? Uh I mean, something catches your eye. Like, you know, the more you the more you buy stuff, the more you see stuff, the more you kind of figure out your taste level and what you're attracted to. And if if you like, oh, uh, so I was at a um, I was at the Malibu Farmers Market Market this weekend, um, and someone had a free OJ OJ is not guilty T-shirt from like you know when it happened, I think in '93, and they're super super rare. And I was like, oh my god, I have to have it. Because I also collect like like weird murder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. So I saw the OJ T-shirt. I've never seen one in my life, and I asked the guy how much it was. Five hundred dollars for a T-shirt. Was it worn or uh, was it brand like? Yeah. yeah. It was all met. Like a lot of times, vintage T-shirts are like really messed up, yeah. and like for me, that doesn't matter. It's just like the more rare it is, the cooler it is, and like the the cooler the graphic. Um, and then it turns out one of my friends has the same T-shirt. And she's like, oh, I'll sell you the same thing for like 50 bucks. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Because uh, I was really thinking about buying that shirt. For oh, so you never did. Yeah. yeah. No, Got the discount. But, um, is your fiance like a, also like a person who is a collector in some way, maybe of other things? Yeah, she she actually I met her a week before the pandemic. And uh, at the time Convenient. I was working at Flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was working at a comedy club, Flappers in Burbank, and then just you know doing acting and comedy stuff, and then once the pandemic hit, like she moved in after like a week basically, um, and then the pandemic started. And after about two or three months of me sitting on the couch, she's just like, you know, like there's no comedy shows. What are you doing? You know, like let's start selling stuff online. Um, so it was kind of like her lifelong dream to have a vintage store. So yeah, we started selling stuff online like clothes at first that didn't go super well and then we started selling furniture just like picking up off the street that started selling like crazy and then pretty soon my garage was stuffed to the ceiling with furniture and then my landlord came over and he's like you have three days to get all this stuff out of here or you you're evicted oh my um God. yeah so then we got a storage unit we got the biggest storage unit and then i was fixing furniture and um the manager's like hey you can't fix stuff here uh, so I told my partner, I'm like, what do we do? And she's like, why don't we just try to get a store? We're already just listing stuff online all day long and we'll probably get it cheap because of the pandemic. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So that's what we did. And now we got a, a, a better, cooler store in Burbank on Magnolia Boulevard. And we have comedy shows there and music and art gallery. And yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And it's now pretty crazy. So yeah, she's been to answer your question. Yeah. She, she was kind of like collecting cool vintage clothes for like basically her whole life. And, um, and that's kind of what started our, our journey towards having a store. What is it to you really like, and I'm asking this because it's interesting always to me to hear from people who have different opinions, like the polar opposite from, from me, because I have a tendency to get rid of stuff. Like I am the person who is the opposite of collector, whatever that is. Uh, like, I am, You're a minimalist. I, I am a minimalist. Yeah, I'm definitely the kind of person that 
I enjoy throwing stuff away. I enjoy ripping things apart. I enjoy oh my god giving stuff away. Like I enjoy like just anything that includes like com- like I mean like involves like just like making my life smaller. My my physical like objects around me, uh, and I like I travel very light and all this other stuff. And my husband, like my partner on the other side, is like always was the person who's like overpacks, just like does everything. Kind of more in collector's mode. I guess if he wasn't doing other stuff, he would probably be a collector. Uh, he collects records now. Nice. Yeah, so he's definitely got some collections of stuff. Like he has cool art and whatever. And I say he does, even though we're married and we have a child, because I'm like, this is not mine. Like I, I like this, <laughs> this, this doesn't describe me. It's not mine. I, you know, God bless. So, um, but I have like respect for cool art and like, you look very cozy there with all the cool stuff around you. So like, <laughs> I guess my question is like, what is this emotion that's attached to getting stuff around you uh, th- that, you know, I don't have or that like e- extinguishes too quickly when I, when I try to have it? You know, like, what is that that makes you feel good there? Well, it's kind of comforting, like, just surrounding yourself with, like, cool stuff. Like, rather than having a bunch of junky stuff, like, having something with a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the a lot of the things, um, you know, like, in the store or, like, that are desirable have a story behind it. Um, and so, I mean, it's just, it's comforting to know that things around you are old and have a history. It's not just disposable, mm-hmm. like... You know, a lot of modern fashion, it's like you can go to Target and get a T-shirt for $15, yeah. but it has no character. It has no story other than it was probably made by, you know, a little boy or a kid yeah. in some different country. And you're going to wear it a couple times. It's going to rip and you're going to throw it away or it's or it's fashionable and it's going to go out of trend. But vintage clothes never goes out of trend mm-hmm. because. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's comforting on one level and then on another level, I would say like. I started diversifying my collections because I consider some of those things investments. Like mm-hmm. a lot of my sports cards, I consider investments. Um, like I'll buy older ones, like a Willie Mays or a Mickey Mantle or a Hank Aaron. I'll buy those knowing that they're only going to go up in value. Um, especially since I lost a, a ton of money in like the stock market and my crypto. So I was like, what can I do to kind of level out my risk and actually enjoy it? Um, and I can hold it. I can touch it. But- so... You know, like for me to buy a baseball card that's 70 years old for $500, that might seem crazy to somebody. But if I'm going to keep it for 20 years, you know, who it's it's definitely going to go up probably at least as, as much as inflation um, and most likely more. Um, it's, it's also fun, like kind of investing in people. Like, for instance, I bought a Nikola Jokic. I think I'm saying his name right uh, from the Denver Nuggets. I bought his rookie some of his rookie cards earlier this year thinking that they're going to make it to the NBA finals. Well, they did. So a card that I bought for 40 bucks, I can now sell for like $200. So there's a little bit of uh, emotional kind of almost gambling involved, right? Like there's some. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's totally true. So I, I spent, I kind of divide up my money as far as like what I'm going to invest, like I'll invest in classic cards that I know are going to just go up in value. And then I'll put some in like modern players that are, is basically pure speculation. And I invested heavily in this player, John Morant, because I think he's, you know, he's very electric player, like high flying dunks, very exciting, et cetera. Um, And it seemed to be a person of good moral character. But he got caught like flashing a gun at a strip club um, and got in trouble, suspended for that. And then he recently got caught again. So now I'm like kind of disappointed in him as a person. You know, I'm like, didn't you learn your lesson from the last time? You know, I have like. Yeah, I invested like $4,000 into him, like basically as a person, you know, not only into his cards. And I guess I was wrong about that. So hopefully um, he so, yeah, I was emotional. I was really upset when I found out about it. And if I didn't have those cards, I wouldn't be as upset. Yeah, it's just kind of like make you makes you more actively to be involved in things that you love as opposed to just being the observer on the sidelines. Yeah, and as far as like collecting stuff, um, I would say probably my favorite part about being both an actor and like having a vintage store is learning the history about stuff. Because when someone comes into my store with like um, like jazz from the '30s or something, like 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to know a lot of these artists, so I'm going to have to look them up and like look up their value. Who are these people? What's their story? Um, so yeah, anything like I know about glass now. I wouldn't know anything about like collectible glass, mm -hmm. like depression glass, uranium glass, oh, like glows nice. in the dark. Yeah, my partner had a you know a bit of a streak with glass. Yeah, it was easy to buy gifts for him at the time. It was just yeah, like, buy fucking glass, man. Just some glass, yeah. Yeah. A yeah, pain. Yeah, buy some glass. <laughs> um, but I guess my minimalism is a little bit rubbed off on him a little bit, so that he unfortunately is no longer collecting glass, but he should. Hey, if you're listening, he never does collect glass again. Um, well, it's an easy habit to break. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, you did a good one. That's the one? <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. There's one always that's... one. <laughs> one. Yeah, just take it out of the picture. Oh, I love it. There you I go. love it. There you go. So, we could get stuck here. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a pun. I just really, we could get stuck doing puns. But anyways, uh, I love the collecting for stories, too, because, like, sure, like, some of my items have a personal story, like, hey, this was a game that I played during this period of my life or whatever, but then just some are really interesting, like the Nintendo Virtual Boy, which is just an interesting artifact of gaming and stuff, so when people come over, I can point out and be like, Oh yeah, you looking at that? That's that game was discontinued after XYZ and it's just it's it's very fun. Do you see uh, is it kind of seems like you've opened up your collecting by having the vintage store is Oh, I mean that's definitely what got me into it. Um yeah, it started yeah, a guy a guy came up to my store that has like brought us other stuff with like a trunk full of baseball cards from um like mostly early 90s which is known as the junk wax era like 87 86 87 through like 93 is that's when they were overproduced and like not worth a lot of money but pulled up with a lot of that stuff but also a lot of like unopened boxes so i got to you know i opened up some of them um so but yeah that definitely reinvigorated my passion and then once my uh once once my investments started crashing i was like wow i just lost like half my money you know, with for this digital thing, like, why don't I just buy, like, physical items that I can touch and hold and, you know, like, and they'll go up in value, hopefully, like, um, but yeah, just diversifying my investments and getting in touch with my childhood again. It's almost like you were, you know, playing with, like, the bad wizards, the crypto, and the bad wizards fucked you over, and you're like, I'm gonna go back <laughs> to the light, baby. I'm gonna go, like, to uh, the, yeah. the real, like, things that you can hold in your hand and, like, feel, feel something, as opposed to this, how the fuck does it even work? At least that's how I feel about crypto. Um, so, and, and then I think the other aspect, and tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Corey, is that you probably just, like, like to be surrounded by pretty things, that's something like Jay says is like, he's like, I just like to have like nice things around me. He's like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know? Right. Like it's just, feels yeah. Good. I mean, I, yeah, I, I would definitely say that, that, um, that that's just happened to me in the past couple years. Uh, I used to be more of a minimalist myself, but, um, yeah, having a store cause it's like, I can keep something for a month or two and then I know mm. I can put it in my store and sell it. Like I know what's going to sell quick. So if I get something really cool, like right now I have a, um, a signed Matt Gronig t-shirt from the Simpsons first season. It's autographed. Um, I just got that. I'm going to keep that for like a month or something before <laughs> I put it for sale because it's just so cool. It's so cool to have, you know? Um, so yeah, it's fun to be surrounded by nice things. Um, and yeah, I would say like whenever I get disappointed looking at my bank account, I'm like, Oh my God, I look at my store and I'm like, I own all this stuff. Um, and you're so richer so than the guy with the number, right? Like on in the bank account. Yeah. Like my bank account doesn't really, it doesn't really mean too much. Cause it's like, at this point I have, I don't even know how much amount of stuff. I mean, I would say, I, I don't, it's really hard to put a number on it, but I mean, I would say close to $200,000 of stuff, you know, but I don't, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not like rich or anything at all, you know? Yeah. It's assets at the end of the yeah, day. It actually is because you've curated them. It's not like you just got a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. out of nowhere. This is right. valuable stuff. 
so yeah, I would t- t- and to more directly answer your question, I would just say like you know I'm what two and a half years deep into owning a vintage store, and I would say like as I go on, like I'm having more and more appreciation for different things, and it's like why do I want a like a a toaster, you know from 2022 when I can have a toaster from 1960, you know like it's just cooler to have that old toaster, you know. Yeah, and you know there's like knowledge. backed behind it so you're not just buying a piece of junk you're like oh i know this toaster is good or well yeah it just looks it looks cool do you have like Um, a style to your home like is it like oh like mid-century modern or like or do you just kind of have like things that you like um we both really like bright colors a lot so every wall is painted a different color um in general, she kind of likes '70s, and I like I like a lot of '80s and '90s stuff. Um, so I would say our style is it's it's really kind of incohesive. Um, it's just anything cool, and we like mm-hmm. cool and weird. So like yeah. we like weird stuff. So for instance, we have like a 1970s style fireplace record player, and then I have a I have a chair from like 1860 is like our oh, like wow. like our like our side chair like for TV watching and then I got a um a couch from the late 90s and then I got a footrest from like 1950 so just anything cool and weird is kind of what we like yeah if there was like a animated film s- s- set in your house like it would be easy to give a character like each each object a voice cuz they like all have such distinct character to them wow you just gave me a tv show idea there you go i gave it to you (laughs) i caught the idea like david lynch says and i just released it to you um pretty cool pretty cool joe is there anything else you think we should discuss before we move on to the ratings um no no we're good i think it's really cool how we've discovered this whole other kind of topic within cards of collecting in general and this store which you'll get the opportunity to plug soon enough but before we get into that we got to talk about the ratings so we're going to rate collecting sports cards on a scale of zero to ten using Uh something else as the basis for our scale so that something else could be collecting Marvel cards. You could say Marvel cards are lame, it's 2 out of 10, and sports cards are better, they're 10 out of 10. Or you could rate it off of something else like uh, old toasters. Old toasters okay. are 10 out of 10. Sports cards aren't as cool as old toasters, they're 6 out of 10. And if that doesn't make sense, Sasha and I will go first. Go first, Joe. I gotta, I gotta think on this one. All right, so, I mean, I'm looking around at my collections, um, and I'll have to think about think about what I should base it off, but I will say con- uh, video game consoles, collecting retro game consoles, which I uh, really did enjoy doing. Um, I will say they take up a lot of space, there's some maintenance to consider, and all of that, um, you do have to hook them up to TVs that no longer accept their hookups. So, unfortunately, most of my retro game, actually, all of my retro game consoles are just in a box or they're like in a display case and not being used. And I think about it every day how much that sucks. <laughs> every day. I'm like, oh man, I, sh- I want to play some of the games there, but it's just such a hassle to, to do it. So you're living in a stop-created prison, basically. Yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> and it's around me. That gray case right behind me, that's got a bunch of consoles in there, um, some of which have appreciated the value quite well. But uh, I think about it all the time. When I see a, a console come out, even a new one, I'm like, I should buy that and keep it in box and see what happens. So I'm going to yeah, give it a, bad idea. an 8 out of 10. Uh, for collecting consoles, collecting sports cards, you know, it just seems really tough. Uh, there, a lot of them aren't worth that much. Sports doesn't interest me as the biggest knock on it, so I'm gonna give collecting sports cards three out of ten. That's fair. It doesn't interest you. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Sasha. Yeah, collecting sports cards. I'm gonna connect. Uh, co- uh, like, 
I guess create my own imaginary <laughs> other thing that I'm collecting. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. um, the only sport that I ever played like professionally uh, was dog agility. So like running with your dog through like an obstacle course. So nice. I did it like a professional level, whatever. And I, there, I don't know, honestly, if there are sports cards for agility dogs. Like, I, uh, I got some, I got some dog cards on display in my house right now. I can show you. you okay. Oh my god! Yep. Okay, show it to me. All right, so those are dog breeds. These are not agility dog. Okay, sorry. Champions, but th that's great. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's. But I'm, like, I like it though. Uh, and I bet. Yeah. Okay. So, but like. If there's a world where I'm like super into dog agility and there are dog, like current dog champions that uh, have their sports cards, I can see it to be fucking cool. So, um, yeah, I guess that would be like nine out of 10 for me. Like a dog, like a border collie, like an, has a crazy name like Arrow or like. Um, whisper or something and then it has the stats of like whatever it does um, I can see 9 out of 10 uh, sports don't interest me but I can see how like people like you're saying like Jackie Robinson or somebody who like Michael Jordan who has crossed the like into like the you know from just sports persona into like super important uh, like person just to the universe or just the rest of humanity, um, then I would give it like I said seven out of ten. Okay, that's cool. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna say um, collecting. <sighs> I'm gonna say. Should I talk about cards first, and then while I think of something else that's stupid? <laughs> uh, no, because it has to be based on the thing. The thing oh, is the skill. Because, okay. like, oh, yeah, I'll put it this way. If you were rating dog shit against cards, that's a different scale than if you were rating blowjobs against cards. Wow, it seems like, uh, yeah, we got X-rated real quick here. <laughs> I, it's you know it's i think that was a pretty good one to like help figure it out though yeah dog shit versus blowjobs i think that's a pretty obvious uh that's a pretty obvious comparison um okay so i'm gonna say collecting like salt and pepper shakers oh nice you no know? that's good um yeah so you know, having a having a vintage store, we everybody collects different things, and we always have like a few pairs of weird salt and pepper shakers. A lot of times, it's just like ceramic, so it's highly breakable. Um, like right now, I so I kept a pair. I got these little old cows. These cows are from like the fifties, nineteen fifties. They're ceramic. Adorable. Yeah, adorable. Um, but. So what do you do when you have to display all your collection? Uh, and it's breakable. So you either like put it behind glass. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't see why you want to have so many of the like little same things on display and I can see how it can easily take over your life. Um, also, I think ceramics like specifically kind of reminds me of like the Hummels. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about like collecting Hummels. No, what's that? Um, there's these little like figurines basically like if you went to your grandma's house she probably had some in her cabinet like in her like little curio cabinet or whatever like little ceramic figurines so there was a brand called hummel and everybody went crazy over them and it was just a flash in the pan kind of fad and now they have no value mm. um kind of like beanie babies or whatever yeah um so i'm gonna say collecting salt and pepper shakers i'm gonna say you know they're not functional it's not functional to have more than, you know, one or two pairs. Um, and a lot of them are ceramic, so they're breakable. Um, and if you want to display them, they take up so much space. So I'm going to say collecting salt and pepper shakers, two and a half out of ten. I think it's dumb. <laughs> you heard it. Salt and pepper shakers. Screw yeah. off. Yeah, screw off salt and pepper shakers. Um, 
you know, it can be cool to like have like a like multiple shelves of salt and pepper shakers, but if someone comes to your house, they're gonna think you're a fucking psychopath. You know, like oh my god, look at all those little tiny weird things like staring at me. You yeah, know? what am I supposed to use all these for my food? Yeah, what are you supposed to do? And like we have cats over here, and like our cats jump around. Oh and yeah, I, I could see our, our our cat could like just take out a whole shelf um, in a swoop easily. So otherwise you have to put it behind plastic or glass and then you look like a double psycho for having these weird little things behind, you know. Yeah, they're so important. Whole, my salt shakers so are important. so important. Yeah, now. my salt and pepper shakers. Oh, they're behind glass. It's like, well, you know, I have a piece of corn here that needs a little flavor, you know, but I can't do anything yeah, about it. I need to unlock you're a psycho. it. I need a key. Yeah, yeah, I need a key. So yeah, salt and pepper shakers. I now I lower the score. Two out of ten, I lowered the score. It got worse within a it minute. Got worse with my little rant, as opposed to collecting sports cards. Um, here's something I didn't mention: is so I have 12 year old twins. Um, my kids are like into Pokemon cards. Um, my son's into sports cards as well, and so we collect them together. We go to sports card shows together once in a while. I'll take them to the sports card store. Uh, there's this one shop that has. Once a month, they have a, a trade day where you can set up your own table and sell oh, and trade wonderful. and whatever. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so I take my son along, and I get to bond with my son. He gets to learn about business, managing money. He gets to meet friends with like interests. He gets to build a bond with his dad. He gets to learn about history of you know the sports players, etc. Um, so that's a really cool aspect of collecting cards um, is the father-son bonding, bonding with my daughter. Um, also it's, yeah, I can, I can flip through my cards and go down memory lane throughout history, you know, with just like, like, I just got this card today. This is, a, uh, it's Muhammad Ali with a beat with bees coming out of his mouth. Oh, that's great. Great art. So that's, yeah. So like, it's really cool art. That's something else that I like about cards is, um, the different art that they have. Like it could be a caricature. It could be a drawing. Um, and the fact that I can physically touch them is really cool. Um, so, yeah, here's like a Tiger Woods rookie card. Like he's, you know, the greatest golfer of all time. That's a Ted Williams from 1950. In slabs, um, everybody in, who's not, in not a, watching. In a case. Well, yeah, that's called a top loader. That's like a protective case. A slab means like graded. Like this is a oh, slab. Oh, when has the grade, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's graded and it's in hard plastic. Um, but I, yeah, I would say the fact that you can touch them, um, you can invest in them, which typically is like, for me, it's more modern cards that I'm like, as far as speculative investing, um, you know, I'll, I'll collect like the hottest rookie thinking he's, he's going to turn out to be super great or, you know, maybe he'll get hurt and he'll fail. Mm -hmm. That's a risk I'm taking. Whereas opposed to when I invest in like Willie Mays or Hank Aaron, I'm investing in something that I know is only going to go up. Like here's a Willie Mays. That's like his third year. Um, that's super cool. And I hate to say it, but he's going to die in the next like three years. So I'm starting to like buy more of his Ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm going to rate sports collecting sports and uh, on the downside of collecting sports cards, it can be highly addicting. Um, just like anything else, I would say opening up packs or boxes is a lot like, I mean, it's basically gambling. Um, typically you, you'll get like 60% return on opening a pack unless you get like a huge card that's, you know, worth a lot of money. But yeah, you probably um, ate it on other packs. Yeah, for so. sure. So I like to split up, I like to kind of split up buying cards between like investing in vintage old cards and or rookie cards of older players. Um, I'll try to put like. 30, 40%, yeah, more like 50% of my money into that. Um, and then like modern players, rookie cards that I know I think are really great, like Luka Doncic um, or Jokic or John Morant. Um, and then I'll put a little bit of money into like uh, buying boxes or packs, like probably like maybe 20% because that's like a huge gamble for the most part. But yeah, so I'm going I'm to rate collecting sports cards a 9 out of 10. Yeah, baby. We wouldn't expect any less than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank nice. you, Corey. This was awesome. It got me to, me at least, to a place that I didn't know I would get to tonight. That was really cool. Uh, thank you for coming on. Shut up. I love it. Finally. 
Uh, yeah, and yeah, I will say uh, here's here's kind of a rule that I have like rule. about like from my vintage store or from my cards or whatever. It's kind of a good rule, I think. Is do you want to have so like do you want to go to Target and buy two crappy T-shirts for twenty dollars, or do you want to go to a vintage and also it's like fast fashion. It's going to go on the you know recycling in a in a trash hole, mm-hmm. or do you want to spend forty dollars and buy a super cool T-shirt? that you know is more rare and it's uh it's already made that you're not creating more waste right so here's my thing is do you want to have one super cool thing or do you want to have two really stupid things i would say buy the save spend more money buy the cool thing a good tip and where should they go buy that Mm. oh they should go buy that yes baby vintage in burbank on uh, 3420 magnolia boulevard it's two blocks east of porto's there's about six vintage stores within four blocks, um, four or five antique stores, and three thrift stores. So you can make a whole day of it. Yes, Baby Vintage. We have comedy shows once a month. It's all comedians uh, that have been on TV. Um, you know, we have the top up-and-coming comedians. We also have Music Night once a month. We have an art gallery that changes artists every month. You can come to our store and play Nintendo. We have vid- a video game center. Amazing. You know, I'm interested. Come play, come play for free. Um so yeah and then come get the coolest clothes we have really cheap stuff really expensive stuff everything in between um we just like meeting cool new people and um making a positive difference in the world damn that was good i wish shut up i love it had a spiel like that never never (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing joe what's going on with you where you been Oh, where have I been? I'm still working on my animated series, uh, Robot Guy Teen Team. Um, so that's in the works. You can go to jokabeo.com, follow my socials and all that to see when it comes out. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this awesome track. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a nice one. God bless.